How did the golden boy, intelligent, talented, well-liked, go from being an up-and-comer to the one and only suspect in the brutal death of his mother? Would it have happened in another place, another time? Probably not. Sam Hugh was different, and different took its toll, especially in a small Arkansas town. I'm Dee Morales, and this is a mother of a murder. I knew Sam Hugh and Linda in high school. Now, Sam Hugh was notable because he was funny, he was uh, very intelligent, made straight A's, and he was a big sissy. He was not big sissy, he was a small sissy. And uh, some of the boys picked on him. Now, as far as gay, we didn't really know what gay was necessarily, but uh, I don't think, I don't remember having any conscious memory of thinking that, but he was known to be a sissy. Some of the boys kind of gave him a hard time, hazed him or whatever. And some of the football boys uh, that liked him uh, defended him. And I remember that there was a Latin club auditorium. Um, I, I guess every club in school had to give a program. And so we all would go into the auditorium and we'd have see a program that the Latin club or the French club or the speech club had given. And I remember Sam walking across the stage he had on these brown corduroy pants, and he just kind of, it was just the way he walked. And I wanted—I remember being real embarrassed for him and thinking, oh, don't walk like that, you know. And now, let me tell you, in Van Buren, Arkansas, people didn't wear corduroy pants to school. They wore Levi's and jeans and shirts that were not tucked in, and he always tucked in his shirt and, and if he had a shirt on, he'd button it to the top of the neck, and and he just he didn't he didn't wear clothes like everybody like the other guys did. Did he have a lot of friends? He did have friends. He was very smart and very clever, and he had he had a lot of girl friends because he was on uh, he was on the uh, student newspaper. And there were several friends of mine who worked on the newspaper, and they all adored him because he was so funny. He was very caustic and very, he could mimic people, and, and he, he, he was just, he was a real funny guy. Uh, and the girls liked him. And now he, he was teased by boys, but there were some boys, I know in particular two guys who were friends of mine, they, one time there was something going on and they said, leave him alone, and they did. Um, so I, I don't think, maybe it was people just accepted Sam Hugh for who he was, and, and after all, his daddy and mother owned the newspaper, and, um, he was a part of a, a nice family, and if he was a little bit different than the guys and girls who lived out in Kibler or Bond Special or, you know, any of the country areas of, of the county, Crawford County, well, so be it. He was just a little bit different. So Linda, Linda was just someone you didn't pay any attention to. 
she was just there kind of in the shadows. And, and by this time, Ann was teaching school in the junior high school, and she had all these pictures of Sam in her classroom and none of Linda. Sam was needy and lonesome. That's interesting. And no one said that about him. Well, I knew him pretty well. But he had um, no friends. He was bullied by the boys. and But he was so smart and had a wonderful sense of humor. That everyone agrees with. Later in life, it got to be a cruel sense of humor. But in t- until late years, it was great. The uh, issue of him being gay, uh, it, it wasn't uh, really, uh, I, I, we didn't know he was gay or even thought too much about it, or we didn't know he was gay, uh, when we were in high school. It, it just, of course, being gay was something like that was somewhere else that somebody else happened somewhere else. We just didn't think about it in Van Buren, Arkansas at all. Uh, not that there weren't gay people, but they just were, it was not an obvious issue at all. And Sam, in Sam's case, I'm not even sure Sam knew he was gay or, or recognized it as such, even during the high school years. It became uh, a little bit more obvious uh, uh, probably after college and when he had moved away that it became a little bit more obvious, I think, to him and probably to others of us. And, you know, it's interesting that you raised that question about uh, when was it known that he was gay or, or, or how did that come about? I don't know that it happened at any particular given moment. Uh, it just seemed to be one of those things that that uh, was transformative over, over time. I mean, I think he was definitely gay from the get-go, but in terms of him exhibiting it or or uh, accepting it or practicing it, um, I don't. Th- that didn't uh, just didn't wasn't something that just happened overnight where he just came out of the closet. It was something that uh, uh, became just more apparent. I'd say to him first as time moved on. Uh, Sam actually dated in college and came real close uh, uh, to um, uh, marrying a lady, and his mother objected to it. Uh, I don't know if she was so much objecting to the marriage as she was objecting to the particular person who was a who was a a, a nice person. I remember meeting her there in at the university. Uh, so I, I think that that Sam probably later in life just uh, decided that that wasn't his direction. Uh, being straight, uh, my wife would refer to him as a uh, a closet straight. Sam Hugh did a stint for the Maritime Commission in Washington, D.C., and then was named the youngest deputy U.S. prosecuting attorney of the 5th District of Arkansas, which was a powerful position for a young attorney. Sam was also a very civic-minded person in that he served on the Crawford County Election Commission for many years uh, and did an excellent job at that, very, um, very honest uh, and uh, kept the elections in a very small county running very cleanly, which uh, sometimes small counties don't do. He was smart. He was smart. And then he was fired because of his homosexuality and 
uh, some things happened, and there were some things in the newspaper. He was, anyway, it was a... Like those, what happened? Well, he was at a club. There was a gay club in Fort Smith, and there was some kind of fight or brawl or something that went on there and the police raided it and his name was in the paper as one of the people there involved in this brawl and uh, now we're talking by this time we'd be talking the early 60s and people people thought homosexuals were way down low on the totem pole um uh, I, I remember when I heard about that, I remember saying, there's a club, there's a club in Fort Smith? And someone said, yes, but I don't know where it is, but it was in the paper. And so he was, um, he lost his job, and he came home, and he lived in one of his mother, his mother had three rent houses that were across the street from the big house. Or he called it the Winter Palace. That he, see, he was smart and clever and he called that house the Winter Palace and from Russian history. <clears throat> and so he lived in one of those rent houses and he practiced law out of that house and he, uh, he made a living, but you know, not a not a living like he was making as a U.S. prosecuting attorney, and it didn't have the cachet either. And that's when all the young men arrived, right? And of course, there was just all kinds of gossip and scandal about those boys that lived in those houses. And by then, he was starting to become very sarcastic, and if he had something crummy to say about somebody. It was said loud, even the policemen in town, you know, these incompetent fools. And naturally, they wanted him to be guilty of killing his mother. They all wanted to just jump in on that. But there was a, a, a um, rumor, of course, after, after Rui's death that she had come home a night early, than, earlier than she was expected and that she walked in on a party in her home, not in one of the rent homes, and that the young men were there for entertainment for some of the town fathers. And they, everybody said, one of those guys doesn't want his name out, and he's killed her. Things began to go south for Sam Hugh. He began drinking more, and his parties caused a lot of unwanted attention. He was running short on cash, and everyone seemed to know tapped his mother up for money on numerous occasions. Okay, he drank a lot, and he would have these parties. And uh, he had a, a lot of these friends that later, I mean, by that time, people knew they were gay. In that town, at that time, uh, that was, uh, they hadn't made any LGBT progress at that time. I mean, those people were reviled, I guess, would be uh, close to it. And so, because of his lifestyle, uh, that was one reason that uh, people, he was a good attorney and people used him in, in the law deal, but he was looked down on for his lifestyle and so forth and so on. But yes, he, as an attorney, I think he had taken some young men up and they lived with him. They stayed up there, sometimes two at a time. And um, now what 
was going on there, I don't have any personal knowledge of, but the word around town was that they were all gay and had these gay parties. And they lived right across the street from Mrs. Park. And another rumor that circulated at that time uh, after the murder was that Sam Hugh and his mother had been at each other's throats sort of over that. But I understand later that that was not the case. In fact, she was very kind to some of the guys that stayed over with him. She had kind of a favor. The rumors kept spreading and growing. Stories came out of the blue, some true, some a little far-fetched. And here's the tragic truth. They took off with a life of their own. They were the talk of the coffee shop and the ladies' club luncheons, and they grew. Uh, not only was it a shocking thing that, uh, in the community, but it was like, what's going on? What, what's happening? You know, what's, what, what are the, what's the down and dirty in this? And then, of course, when Sam Hugh emerged as the prime suspect, then it was, oh, oh, and then it was his lifestyle, and, you know, it was a talk of the town for a long time. A long, long time. And after his mom was killed, he really went off of the deep end. And I saw him downtown Van Buren one evening, and he uh, had been he'd been drinking, and he had on this black long coat, and it was in the hot summertime. And he wasn't paying any attention to anyone. He was just uh, walking down the main street, just babbling. You know, he just, I think, I think after that murder, he just, just went off the deep end, I guess. Everyone thought he did it. Everyone but his close friends who really knew Sam Hugh. But prosecutor Ron Field held his ground. You know, at that point, I was a fairly experienced prosecutor. Um, I'd been through a lot of murder cases where there had been curves. um, And I was confident in my judgment. And so even though the sheriff and the the police chief were just insistent uh, that the Sam Hugh Parks had done it, I wanted to look at the case a little bit more. And that stretched out. Uh, It stretched out for a day or two, and then a week or two. Of course, the newspapers were constantly doing interviews with the police. Oh, we got this murder running loose. The sheriff and the police chief went to the circuit judge, who was a fine judge, David Partain, and asked that I be removed from the case for um, basically dereliction of duty and uh, malfeasance in office. Uh, The judge called me in and said, why aren't you arresting Sam U. Park? And I said, you know, at this point, there's just something that's really troubling me. And I've always felt very strongly that the worst thing that can happen to a local justice system is to prosecute an innocent person. So uh, in this case, I just don't believe that, that we have the right guy. I don't think Sam did it. Uh, I think that if Sam did it, as smart as he was, he would have set up an intricate alibi, um, and he didn't do that. So even though I talked to Sam several times during the investigation along with the police, uh, I couldn't crack him, and I was pretty good at cracking people back then and getting confessions. Um, So we didn't put out a warrant, and there was 
you know, quite a lot of controversy about that for several months. Do you get a lot of pressure <laughs> because you didn't? Oh, I got a lot of pressure. I got a lot of newspaper pressure, uh, a lot of TV pressure, um, friends of uh, Ms. Park's pressure. And, of course, the cops were just jumping up and down. Uh, I guess probably to sum it up best, my mother one time called me and said, listen, why is it that you're not arresting Sam Hugh Park? Everybody knows he did it. And he's, I've heard now that he's a homosexual. There's no, there's no problem like that. And I said, you know, Mom, I've got a lot of issues, but that's not one. No, I just, I just don't think that he did it. Um, and I guess very candidly, I was the only person that didn't. Everything points to Sam Hugh. Remember, this is 1981. No DNA tests, no CCTs, no advanced forensics. But there were a couple of things that stand out, like the fact that the hair in Rui Ann's fingers was black. Sam had blonde hair. And again, why were there no signs of forced entry? I'm Dee Morales, and this is The Mother of a Murder. I'd like to express my thanks and give special credit to Caleb Haldane for recording and producing this episode. Original music by Robert Houston. Special thanks to the Miller branch of the Fort Smith Library.